For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then there shall enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Esther 4.14 I wish none of this had happened. So do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. Greetings. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. Website is www.scriptureandprophecy.com. Well, it is definitely with a very heavy heart that I get behind the microphone this morning. And I have put off talking about this for a couple of weeks now. For a couple of reasons. Number one, I wanted to see how things actually developed. You know, I didn't want to be like some of the news outlets and even some of the Christian news outlets and Christian radio people and, and YouTube people who were pushing hysteria and fear. I wanted to kind of sit back and see how things developed um, and not to speak in ignorance. And uh, so I just kind of avoided it because I haven't known what to say. And to be honest, I was reluctant to even talk about it this morning. Because I'm thinking, you know, what position do you take? You know, I said at the beginning of this year and at the end of last year, you've heard me say it several times leading into December and then again in January, that I thought twenty, the year 2020 was going to be a year to remember. It was going to be a year for the record books. This is one of those instances where I wish I was terribly wrong. But I was not. For once. It appears some of the things that we've warned about for years are coming to roost, are coming to pass. You know, regardless of what your opinion is about the coronavirus itself, just put that to the side for a minute. Let's understand the reality that we're living in right now. And from what I can gather from news reports is this is pretty much the reality of many of us around the world, not just the United States. But I can only speak intelligently about what I see happening in the United States. Very rapidly, over a period of days, we went from canceling sporting events to no more than 250 people can gather, at least this is how it is in the state of Indiana, to this morning, the CDC, or as of last night, the CDC is recommending that for the next eight weeks that groups or individuals cancel or postpone any in-person events that consist of 50 people or more. So it went from 250 to 50 in a matter of a weekend. Also, something that happened last night is the Ohio governor, and this also includes Illinois so far, 
has announced that they will be issuing orders to close all restaurants and bars. So, starting last night at 9 p.m., meaning that as of today, they are not allowed to do any in-person dining. This is quite the leap from let's not have 5,000 people gathering in a basketball stadium to now you can't go out to dinner. And what we're seeing develop is a complete lockdown. And I suspect, based on the trajectory and the way things are going and the way the reports are coming from some of the other countries like Italy, that the lockdown will go all the way. All the way to local domestic lockdown. Um, matter of fact, a report came out from the end of the American Dream this morning that says where you stop is where you stay. Domestic travel restrictions are being considered. That's coming. It's just a matter of time. Another report this morning from Natural News that the federal government is considering their options in, uh, to control and oversee grocery distribution. Within the private sector, partnerships with Walmart, Costco, Target, Kroger, top grocery chains to be deemed critical infrastructure as National Guard to protect key distribution points. According to nationalnews.com, the U.S. federal government is planning to stay, is planning stage of implementing a plan to protect and control grocery distribution across the United States via public-private partnership with grocery chains such as Walmart, Kroger, T T uh, Target, Costco. High-level sources now tell Natural News. I'm not going to read much more headlines. I do want to read one. One uh, article from uh, mostimportantnews.com for Michael Snyder and it says get ready for your lifestyle to change indefinitely because of the corona pandemic I wish that I could disagree with that headline but here's our reality folks as things are changing and a very strange time is upon us now we're going to be talking about scripture more than we are headlines today so I want to get that out there right now and I'm going to tell you what I think we should do and I'm going to tell you what I believe as far as that's concerned um, because well I'll just get to that in a minute let me read let me read this and then we'll be done talking about the headlines for now because let's face it the headlines is not the answer to our problem okay but we need to understand where we're at we need to understand that complete lockdown is, is coming. That economic fallout is possible, even probable, at this point. Um, that's, I mean, that's just, that's just reality, friends. It's not a reality that, it, you know, I, I put that quote from, the, from the, the movie The Lord of the Rings at the start of the show. It's just a thought that, for whatever reason, I just could not, cannot shake that quote and uh, that's why I included it, but it's just, it's so true, you know. Wish this hadn't happened, but so do all who see such times. And this is the generation that we've been chosen to live in, and God has chosen us for this generation for a reason. 
and we have a purpose. And sometimes things have to get really hard and really dark and for us to put down our distractions, for us to put down sin and, and to really focus on God and His kingdom. We have to have some of these things removed from us in order to be able to do it. Sometimes the trinkets and the distractions and the luxuries, they, they cause us to stumble and not to, to live out what God wants us to do. Because at the end of the day, the kingdom of God is supposed to be our focus. You know, Jesus talks about don't even worry about what you're going to eat and what you're going to wear. Like that shouldn't even be a concern to you. God knows you need those things. Focus on the kingdom of God first and these other things will be given to you. Right, but that's not the kind of life that we've always, that we've that we typically live, right? You know, the Christian life according to the scriptures, and I don't have that one pulled up because I wasn't planning on saying this, but the Christian life according to the scriptures is supposed to be a quiet life. Paul talks about a quiet life, a simple life. But we take for granted the simple life. You know, the simple life being just being able to have a roof over your head and and you know a couple of outfits to wear and. Maybe transportation, if you're so blessed to get to a job and to have food to eat and to be able to sit down with a friend, to be able to, to, to have family. You know, that's the simple life. Though we've been sold a different life. We've been sold that you've got to have all the stuff and, and to live a certain way in order to be happy. Well, that is being torn away. And the true remnant of God will be revealed because the fake Christians will panic, will hide, will act out. Whereas the real Christians, while we are disturbed and a little troubled by the things going on, our, you know, our attitude is an attitude of faith. Not an attitude of fear. Because we are not supposed to live for this world. We are supposed to be a light in this world. And right now there's a lot of darkness out there. And people need to hear words of encouragement. Words of love. They need to know that God cares. That God loves them. And sometimes God has to, again, strip away some of the layers for the real spirit man to be revealed. I'm going to get into some scriptures because I think this is a time when we should be trusting God. We need to replace our fear with faith. We need to believe that God loves us and that he has a good future in mind for us. The word of God needs to be our headlines. In times of in times of distress, in times of great need, let me get back to this article, and then we're going to dive into scripture. Because I want you to not to be afraid, but you to be encouraged. First, we have to really understand the situation, and so I'm trying to paint, without being too negative, the reality that we're in, and that we are seeing. And it's, I will admit, as I'm watching all this develop, it's. It's been kind of a shock to the system for me personally. 
and I've been trying not to watch the headlines too much, but it seems to be all I can do. Now I'm not. I don't go to like CNN and Fox News. I'm just. I go to Drudge Report and some of these other places, and I just. And it's been a shock to the system. There's been times where I'm where I literally can't believe this is happening. But it is. Let me get to this article. The headline says, Get ready for your lifestyle to change indefinitely because of this coronavirus pandemic. And again, regardless of what you think about the virus itself, regardless of where you fall, what your opinion is about it, the reality is, is the economic and social fallout is happening. Okay? Which I think is way more dangerous. But here's what this says. It says, fear of the coronavirus is causing shutdowns on a global scale like we have never seen before. Just about every sporting event that you can think of has either been canceled or postponed. Schools and universities are keeping students away. Global tourism is absolutely collapsing. Churches are being shuttered. Conferences and festivals are being taken off the calendar. Businesses are asking workers to work from home. And even Disneyland is closed down. Over the past several days, we've seen a wave of closing and cancellations and has become an avalanche. And all of our lifestyles are going to be dramatically altered for the foreseeable future. For the first few days, a lot of people are actually going to enjoy this as a free vacation. After all, what kid doesn't enjoy time off school when there are lots of Americans that relish the opportunity to work from home? But as the weeks drag on, and the economy grinds to a standstill, this free vacation will start to evolve into a horror show. The more the virus spreads, the more restrictions we will see on human interaction throughout the Western world. And that has very serious implications. Yes, there is much that we can do through the internet today, but most economic activities require at least some actual human interaction. So when authorities restrict human interaction, they are actually choking off trade. I can't think of too many other things that could trigger an economic collapse faster than a global pandemic could. We better pray that life gets back to normal in a few weeks because a complete and utter economic nightmare is ahead if it does not happen. And that is the point that I was making also. Is it doesn't matter, again, what your opinion is of the virus. And I'm not going to give an opinion of the virus because it just there's so much misinformation that I can't really discern for myself quite yet. But what I do know is the economic and social fallout is happening. We're seeing it. And this article came out on March 12th. And here we are already three or four days later. And it's already being there's already restrictions even greater than what's being predicted by this article with what I just told you. You know, about, uh, for example, Ohio and Illinois uh, saying no restaurants. All of this is, this is, this is going to end up being nationwide. Um, and it is true. We need to be praying. This is what we're going to start talking about now. We need to be praying that things do get back to normal because if they don't, there will be a complete economic meltdown. That is just reality, friends. It, the economy can't survive this. I agree with I agree with something President Trump did say um, the other day for the National Day of Prayer. He said, as your president, I ask you to pray for the health and well-being of your fellow Americans and to remember that no problem is too big for God to handle. We should all take heart the holy words found in 1 Peter 5.7.
casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Let us pray that all those affected by the virus will feel the presence of our Lord's protection and love during this time. With God's help, we can overcome this threat. That is also true. And here's the thing. God longs to be merciful. God longs to show mercy and grace. He says, humble yourself. First Peter, you know, he, first Peter says, humble yourself. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Here's the first step. I, and listen, I honestly believe that we could put in that, that there's, there's enough people who follow Christ, who believe upon his name, who serve God, that this pandemic problem could be done and God could intervene. But, it, but the problem is, is that it requires those of us who are people of faith to humble ourselves. It's all about humility and getting on your face before God, repenting of sin. And I believe that if we were all to do this, that if we were all to come to God with fasting, with humility, and to get on our knees and weep and, and cry out to God, that he would repent of what's going on and he would intervene. And he would have mercy on us. And one of the things I'm asking all of you to do you know, God was willing to spare Sodom and Gomorrah if there was ten righteous there. If there was only ten righteous people there, he was willing to spare them. The Israelites, as we read in our Torah portion last week, they created this golden calf and they were just acting evil, worshipping a golden calf. They had, Even after all the great miracles that God had done in front of them, and he said, I'm going to destroy them all. But he turned from that because of one righteous man interceding on behalf of the people. One righteous man. Moses interceding on behalf of the people. God was willing to spare Sodom and Gomorrah because Abraham interceded on their behalf and was willing to... Of course, he didn't find ten righteous there. But he was willing to spare it if he found ten righteous. He didn't destroy Nineveh, even though all the evil they did. He had mercy on them. He ta it talks about in the book of Jonah how he was just... He wanted to show mercy not only just to the people that were there, but even the animals. Because God longs to show mercy. God longs to forgive. But he's a righteous God. And in order for him to show mercy and to forgive and to bring peace and prosperity and joy back to the nations, there has to be repentance. There has to be repentance. So I believe we are at a point in history where either we all get on our face before God and repent or we suffer what's coming as humanity. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. You remember a couple weeks ago we read from Joel. I had no idea how timely that was going to be. Let's look at this again. Joel chapter 2, verses 12 through 14. Two verses here, three verses here. Here's what it says. It says, Therefore also now, saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning, 
and rend your heart and not your garments. And turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, and he is slow to anger and of great kindness, and repenteth him of evil. Who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave behind a blessing, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto your Lord, unto the Lord your God. What's being said here is, look, if you get on your face with fasting, with humility, right? You know, that's, that's the purpose of fasting. It's to stop feeding the flesh as a way of humbling yourself before God and saying, I'm going to deny myself the comforts, whatever that comfort be, whether it be food, whether it be something else you're always putting your time into. It's a form of humbling yourself before God and saying, I'm going to deny the flesh and pray instead. And with weeping and with mourning, look at what's going on. Do you not see what's happening? Do you not see the trouble? We need to get before God with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. And he says, don't rend your garments. You know, they used to have the, they used to, to, to like tear their garments, right? Like, and he's saying, don't do that. That's worthless. Instead, rend your heart and turn unto the Lord your God. Why? Because he, he's gracious and merciful and he's slow to anger and he's of great kindness. He, God longs to show mercy. God longs to leave behind a blessing. God longs to, to forgive. But again, before he can do that, his people have to get on their face in humility. I hope that our hearts have not become too hard. I'm asking you guys. I suspect there'll be 2,000 downloads of this podcast today between YouTube and the iTunes and all of that, if half of you, 1,000 people, would be willing to get on their face and repent and weep and mourn and humble themselves, whether that be through fasting of food or fasting for something else that distracts you from God, whatever that thing is, I believe God would hear from heaven and have mercy. We all know Second Chronicles, right? If my people, which are called by my name, do what? Shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. God saying, if my people will humble themselves. We have four things he wants us to do. Number one, humble themselves. Number two, pray. Number three, seek his face. And number four, turn from their wicked ways. Look, if you're a Christian and you're dabbling with sin... Now is the time to flee from that sin. 
now is the time to turn and repent. And look, if we do this, his word says, I will hear from heaven. And I will forgive. And I will bring healing. You know, a lot of people are, are, are thinking about the four horsemen that you read in Revelation. And I'm, I'm kind of jumping back and forth here, guys, with thoughts that enter into my head. Because I, when I woke up, I got myself up at 5 a.m. I drug myself out of bed at 5 a.m. this morning. Not sure what to say. Prayed, asked God to give me the words. And so I'm just kind of all over the place because i got to do this podcast and then I have to go to work. Or I should say I have the luxury, the pleasure, the good privilege to be able to go to work, at least today. Who knows what tomorrow brings. So I'm kind of all over the place. But, you know, I was thinking about the the red horse. And let me just read this real quick. It says, And there went out another horse which was red, that was red. And the power was given to him, this is Revelation chapter 6, and the power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, that they should kill one another, and there was given unto him a great sword. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the beast say, Come and see, or, I'm sorry, the horse I'm referring to is the black horse. And behold, and lo, a black horse that he sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. I've kind of always basic, had a basic understanding of this. But let me put it in perspective. So he's got a balances, right? Many people think this is an economic thing. Why? Because uh, now wheat cost of wheat and a measure of barley is, is up in cost. But the wine and oil is not harmed. Now what you've noticed... If you were to go to any box store today, is that there's plenty of the luxury items, right? Plenty of, I mean, if you want wine to drink, and you've got the cash, well, there's plenty of that. There's plenty of the worthless possessional items, right? Nobody's, nobody's hoarding computers and things like, you know, expensive items and furniture. What happens? You can't even buy toilet paper, right? You see, the little things, the things that we think are the big thing, that we, that we don't think, the, the little things because we don't, we just use them every day, you know, the basic necessities, you know, food, water, um, toilet paper, you know, soap, toothpaste, you know. But when, these, when events like this happen, it's those things that become scarce. And all the stuff that we put high prices on, the luxury items. Nobody cares. Isn't that funny how that happens? And this is what it describes here. A, wheat of, a measure of wheat for a penny. A three measures of barley for a penny. And see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. You see, nobody's going to care about that. Nobody's going to care about luxury items. We just want to have basic necessities now. This is what happens in an economic trouble. Let me bounce back. I wanted to end by reading Nehemiah chapter 9. I believe I typically read this around the Feast of Trumpets. We're going to read it today. 
Nehemiah chapter 9. I just feel led to read it, and this is what we're going to close with today. And look, I don't want you to be afraid. Again, I want you to be a person of faith. I'm asking you to please pray and join me in fasting and praying today. I'm going to go to work hungry today. I'm going to deny myself. That's how I'm going to humble myself before God. You'll have to figure out how you're going to humble yourself before God. But that's how I'm going to humble myself before God. And as I'm hungry and as I'm mentally exhausted from doing this podcast, doing my job and not eating, I will be reminded to pray and to ask God for mercy. And this is what we all need to be doing. And those of you at the sound of my voice from around the world, you need to be doing the same thing. Look, if everybody would just repent and pray, we could end this thing. And all the doom and gloom that everybody's predicting would come to a halt. And the headlines would start to become good news instead of terrible news. I really, really believe that. Nehemiah chapter 9. Now in the twenty and fourth day of this month, the children of Israel were assembled with fasting and with sackcloths and earth upon them. And the seed of Israel separated themselves from all strangers and stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. And they stood up in their place and they read in the book of the law of their Lord, their God, one fourth part of the day. And another fourth part they confessed and worshipped the Lord their God, and then stood up the stairs of the Levites, Jeshua, and Bani, Kadmiel, Shebaniah, Buni, Sherebiah, Bani, Shinanai, and cry with a loud voice unto the Lord their God. And the Levites, Jeshua, and Kadmiel, and Bani, and Hashbaniah, and Sherebiah, and Hodajah, and Shebaniah, and Pethahiah, said, Stand up and bless the Lord your God forever and ever. And blessed be thy glorious name, which is exalted above all blessing the praise. Thou, even thou, Lord alone, thou hast made heaven and the heavens of heavens with all their hosts and the earth and all the things that are therein, the seas and all that is therein. And thou preservest them all, and the host of heaven worship thee. Thou art the Lord, the God, who didst chose Abraham who chose Abram and brought us him forth out of Ur of the Chaldees and gave us the, gave him the name Abraham and found us his heart faithful before thee and made us a covenant with him to give the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Pezzarites, and the Jebusites, and the Gershites to give it, I say, to his seed and has performed thy words, for thou art righteous. And didst see the affliction of our fathers in Egypt and heard us the cry of the Red Sea. And showed us signs and wonders upon Pharaoh and all of his servants and on all the people of his land. For thou knowest that they dealt proudly against him. So didst thou get thee a name as it is this day. And thou didst divide the sea before them. And thou went through the midst of the sea on dry land. And their persecutors there saw into the deeps and a stone into the mighty waters. Moreover, thou ledest them in a day by a cloudy pillar and in the night by a pillar of fire to give them light in the way wherein they should go. And thou camest down also upon Sinai, and spake us with them from heaven, and gaveth them right judgments and true laws and good statutes and commandments, and madest known unto them thy holy Sabbath, and commanded them precepts, statutes, and laws by the hand of Moses thy servant. 
and gave us some bread from heaven for their hunger and brought us forth water for out of the rock of their thirst and promised them that they should go to possess the land which thou sworn to give them. But they and our fathers dealt proudly and hardened their necks and hearkened not to thy commandments and refused to obey. Neither were mindful of thy wonders and thou didst among them but hardened their necks in rebellion and pointed a captain to return to their bondage. But thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful and slow to anger and of great kindness and forsook them not. That's where I want to stop. We're being reminded in this passage of all the crazy things that God did, right? All the wonders that he did, talking about even all the way from Abraham through the Exodus, and he did all these things, and yet the people still were stiff-necked people, and they hardened their hearts, and they did not obey God's commandments, and they refused, and they rebelled, and they returned to their own bondage. But, it says, God, but thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and in great kindness. God's ready to pardon right now. He's ready to forgive right now. I believe that he would bring peace and joy back to the nations right now if we would humble ourselves before him, if we'd get on our face before him with grief, with grieving and with mourning and with repentance and humility. This is an opportunity for a great revival. Let's not look at this as the way the world looks at this. Let's look at this as an opportunity to shine the light of Christ, to share the message of Jesus, that his return is nigh. He is coming. And you need to be ready. It is time to stop dilly-dallying around because the world literally is locking up around you. It is time to get on your face, to prioritize your relationship with God, with his son Jesus, to repent God is merciful. He is ready to pardon. He is gracious. Who knows if he will leave behind a blessing. Please join me today in this humbling of ourselves and getting on our face before God and repenting. I don't know what... The future holds, friends, but things are going to get stranger for a while, at least. Lord willing, I'll try to do this podcast again next Monday, and we'll just look at an update of what's going on. Um, we'll just have to see. My plan is to still release uh, the Tour Portion podcast for this week. I don't know if I'll be doing a podcast tomorrow. I'm trying to do a rushed release of this book that I've been working on for six months now. And uh, it's so timely because it's a devotional 30 days of pointing people to Messiah, pointing people to the times we're living in. It couldn't be more timely. So I'm going to try to finish it this week and launch it this weekend. I'm going to make an option available for those who can't afford to buy a book or, you know, especially with the times that we're, that we're living in. So those who can afford it can, can purchase it. Those who can't there'll be an option to reach out to me uh, in order to get a digital version of it because it's just too important. 
it's too important for people not to have access to. This day and age, people's eyes need to be turned towards Jesus. That's really all I've got to say this morning, friends. Again, it's with a heavy heart, but it's not with fear. Let us, let us replace that with faith. Let us believe that God loves us. Let us believe that, do we believe what the word says or do we not? These times bring out the truth in which you really believe. When you peel away the onion and there's nothing left but whether there's nothing left but your faith or lack thereof, which is it? Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Peace and grace be upon you, friends. Until next time, God bless.